All right, Jenna Cameron, John Rich. It is uh, 94 uh, WIP. So, the um, the Eagles, they're getting ready, of course, and they don't know who they're going to play yet, but they're getting ready for the playoffs. And it's going to be one of four teams in the divisional round. It'll be either uh, Seattle if they win, but they won't. The Giants, if they win, they might. Or the winner of the uh, Tampa Bay-Dallas game. All right, for more perspective on all this, including a – limping into the playoffs Eagles squad, and they are because, unfortunately, they uh, struggled uh, down the stretch of the regular season, and it is reminiscent of 2017 to an extent. We turn to our next guest. He was part of our show back in 2017 and has been ever since then. He does a wonderful job covering the Philadelphia Eagles and the entire National Football League, Mr. Shil Kapati. How you doing, Shil? Playoff time. We made it. I love it. The next, uh, <laughs> the next month or so, every weekend is fun, so uh, I'm excited. Sure is. So, Shield, before we go, like, nitty-gritty on this playoff thing, I'm just curious. John and I were talking today out of the gate. If 2017 should create additional optimism for Eagles fans or if it's just totally unrelated, the idea of their worst quarter of the season being the final quarter, obviously the quarterback situation is different. They don't have to play the backup in the playoffs this year, but the starter also doesn't seem fully healthy. What, What do you draw from 2017 as it relates to this team? Yeah, I think it's a good reference point just to kind of calm if you're feeling uh, anxiety or panic about the way they ended the season. Because really, you know, you look throughout NFL history and there are years where a team limps to the finish and it does carry over into the playoffs. And then there are years like 2017, you mentioned it, where you end the regular season, you're not feeling great. And then the playoffs start and you go on a run. And so there's no like clear indication one way or the other. So, you know, I look at that game and say, well, Jalen Hurts obviously was not 100% healthy. They had pretty much a preseason game plan in, very vanilla, uh, not doing anything creative at all. Their goal in that game, it was so obvious, was to keep Jalen Hurts and everyone else healthy mm-hmm. and, and leave that game with the win that I would say you can certainly make the case that we're going to see a different team uh, in two weeks here. How much did it worry you that we had free hitters on Jalen, even though they were trying to protect him with the way we designed the run game? When the Giants blitzed, we there were free runners. And like guys weren't even picked up. She'll put it another way. John is increasingly very concerned about the offensive line. Is that a legitimate worry that they're just not pass blocking good enough? Uh I am uh, so I am concerned about the free rushers on Sunday. I think if you look at one thing that you say, hey, you have two weeks here, get this corrected before the playoffs because teams are going to look at that. I'm with you, John. I think a lot of those the Eagles were an empty, and the Giants showed them kind of these, these simulated pressures where they put six guys or seven guys at the line of scrimmage, and then they only rush three or four. Now they did that sometimes. Other times they blitz five, but they messed with the Eagles' protection uh, pretty well in that game. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, a lot of free rushers throughout that game. So, yeah, I would think that would be number one on kind of the to-do list, the priority list here in the next two weeks. Look at that film. What did they do here? How are we going to get this corrected? To the second point, uh, I don't have quite as many concerns about the O-line in general in terms of pass pass protection as John does. Now, if Jack Driscoll is still your right tackle, is that going to be a big factor? Absolutely. He's not going to play at the level of Lane Johnson. But overall, uh, I think they're going to be okay with their pass protection if they get some of that stuff fixed in terms of the pre-snap stuff and not getting pulled. Can teams blitz Jalen if Jalen's right? You know, part of what helped us this season, maybe part of why we're rusty at at pass pro, is 
teams didn't decide to send extra guys because that leaves them in man behind it all. And when you're in man behind it all, Jalen can just run because your backs are to him. It does it not make sense for teams to try to do that if Jalen's healthy. Yeah, it's funny. I think overall the numbers, like te- teams were, you're right, in some specific games and game plans, overall they blitzed him a decent amount. And I think you're right that that is another thing I would say in these two weeks to keep an eye on because I think it was funny seeing the evolution of the season where the Lions come out and they say we're blitzing and playing man coverage in week one. And then the Vikings say, no, we're playing zone and backing off. Mm-hmm. Teams kind of went back and forth. I think when teams look at this, in the playoffs, and of course they have to do what their identity is, but I think teams will be willing to be more aggressive than passive against the Eagles. I think just with the talent of A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, and the offensive line, I think teams will not come into these games against the Eagles and say, hey, we'll just sit back and see if Hurts can beat us there if he has time. So I think when he has time, he's been fantastic. If you look at some of the numbers when they've been blitzed, they've been a little bit more mediocre. So, yeah, mm. I think that's something else they have to key on. Yeah. Shield Kapati with us here. Shield, I'm sure you've seen the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers have passed the Eagles from an odd standpoint, best chance to win the Super Bowl. Is, is that um, something that you think is warranted or unwarranted? Should San Francisco be favored above the Eagles? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I actually have it up right now, and it's, it's even uh, at the site I'm looking at. So you're right. They've made that move a little bit depending on what book you look at. No, uh, I still have the Eagles as the favorites to come out of the NFC, and I had to do my predictions earlier this week. And I think they are going to come out of the NFC. I'm not saying it's, you know, a home run and a no doubter, but when you just look at the advantage of not having to play that extra game, that's huge. And the way I look at it is, listen, if Brock Purdy comes into your house at a raucous Lincoln financial field and beats you, then you weren't, you weren't a Super Bowl team. You weren't good enough to make it to the Super Bowl. So I, I just think they have so many things set up for them. I mean, if Josh Sweat comes back and Lane Johnson is playing in that divisional round game, they have 21 of 22 starters healthy for the playoffs. Like, that's unheard of in the NFL. And so they've got that going for them. They've got the home field advantage going for them. They've got the bye going for them. And the last thing is, you're not in a conference with Mahomes and Allen and Burrow. I mean, this is really a unique situation. So we can look at this and say, hey, it's the start of a big window, and they're going to be in the mix for five to seven years. Well, not every year do you get this injury luck. Not every year do you get the number one seed. And not yeah. every year uh, are you kind of in this position where you're not facing a juggernaut quarterback. So uh, I think they got to look at the, this opportunity and say, you know, this might not come around again. Sheil, you watch the entire league. How And you hear all about Kyle Shanahan being an offensive mastermind. How do these offenses compare? Is our offense comparable? Uh, is theirs significantly more elaborate and complex? How, how do you weigh that? Yeah, I think the run games, you know, they're different, but I think they're both diverse and hard to account for, especially if the Eagles have Jalen Hurts running the football. But they're certainly great there. Now, the 49ers, Shanahan, everything, or not everything, but most stuff is in the middle of the field. I mean, that's the area of the field that he wants to work. Run game, play action, work the middle of the field, put the ball in playmakers' hands like Debo Samuel and George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Christian McCaffrey and let them run after the catch. And so he really puts those linebackers, those kind of intermediate defenders in conflict. I think the Eagles are more of a downfield passing attack where it's it's less complex. I would say certainly the Eagles passing game and the Eagles, a lot of what they do is they say, if we have a one-on-one, 
with one of our guys, they're probably going to be better than the guys covering them, and we're going to throw the football. And even in Week 18, that's what you saw with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. So I think they're different in that respect in that the Eagles are going to push the ball downfield more on the outside, and the 49ers are going to work the middle of the field more. How surprising was it for you uh, when, you, when we faced the Giants that it didn't feel like we had those hot routes and, and sight adjusts built in to, once again, help protect our quarterback? Yeah, it's been a little bit of an issue all season long. I mean, we've, we've had conversations here throughout the year. I think that Cardinals game was one where we said they blitzed and the Eagles' only answer was to kind of throw those screens to the perimeter. And so they always haven't had those answers built in. I think they do lean uh, on Jalen Hurts to make plays with his legs in those situations a little bit. So they've kind of got to find that balance. I mean, he can improvise. He can make plays with his legs. At the same time, you want to give him answers. And there were plays in the Giants game, to be fair, where he did do that, where the ball came out. You know, he hit Quez Watkins early yeah. against the blitz. But you're right. There were, there were far too many where the Giants just had a free rusher going after him. Shield Capati with us here. Shield Purdy. We're thinking a lot about San Fran because it feels like that is going to be a matchup that's going to happen. How, how good is he? I mean, I keep waiting for the game where he's going to turn the ball over three or four times because that's what you see from a rookie. But honestly, he's looked a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo. And statistically, if you look at it, uh, it's almost identical what he's done in whatever it's been four, five, six starts as what Garoppolo has done. And so what Shanahan wants really back there is a robot. Like if he could just you know, get a little artificial intelligence and use a remote control and tell the guy what to do as he's playing – that's what he would want, and to Purdy's credit, the ball's going in the right place, and he's actually shown a little bit more of the second reaction uh, ability than Garoppolo showed. So, um, you know, he, I, I'm not going to put him in the Hall of Fame or anything, but I will say every week I watch and I say, all right, this is the week he's going to come back sure. down to earth, and it hasn't really happened. So he's in, he's in very good position to succeed. Um, at the same time, with some of the kind of those plays where you say that could be a turnover, they're having some of those. Uh, maybe not as much as you'd expect from a, a seventh round. Sure. Pick. Now, Shield, let's not totally assume it's Eagles and San Fran. It probably will be. But prior to that, there's a game. If Seattle loses and the Giants lose, it'll be the winner of Dallas and Tampa. Who should the Eagles want to play between Dallas or Tampa? Which team gives the Eagles a better chance to win the game? I might be in the minority, but I, I think you want Tampa. I think that Tampa team stinks. Uh, I know they've had yeah. some fourth quarter comebacks. I know they showed some signs in the second half of the year. Uh, they've just been a poorly coached team all season long. Tom Brady, you know exactly where he's going to be. They haven't had answers in the passing game. Uh, and so that, that would be the team to me that I would look at and say, you know, I, I would not be scared of the Bucks. I know it sounds crazy to say when you're talking about Tom Brady, but I, I think the, the Cowboys are the more talented team and the more balanced team. Uh, than Tampa. I actually think the Cowboys are going to win that game. All right, Shield, regular season over. No more results count for the purpose of these two uh, things. Who should be the coach of the year? Who will be the coach of the year? Who should be the MVP? Who will be the MVP? Oh, my goodness. I haven't made my uh, coach of the year pick yet. MVP, so let me buy some time and give you MVP. Uh, I think it's Mahomes. You know, you look at what they did after they trade Tyreek Hill, and they've had the best offense uh, in the NFL, really, from start to finish. And so Jalen Hurts was certainly in the mix. He misses some time down the stretch. That's going to hurt him. But uh, I would have Mahomes as the MVP, and I do think he is going to win it. In terms of coach of the year, you know, I think Brian Dayball is going to win it because I think that's a team. I think most of the time you look at it, it's a first-year head coach, and most of the time you look at it, and it's somebody who has overachieved. And I don't think anyone thought the Giants were going to be 
in the playoffs, and here they are. They're in the playoffs. They've done more with less. So my official pick, I still have to think. I think Sirianni's in there. I think Shanahan's in there, uh, and I think Dayball is in there. I think those are the three guys uh, I would really look at. Listen, I'm on a Philly Sports Talk radio station with you guys, so I'll say at this moment in time, I'll go with Sirianni. I think he's got a great case for it. For sure, but uh, let me give that one some more, more thought before I go uh, on the record. All right, Shil, final thing here. What gives you the greatest sense of optimism that the Eagles can win it all? And what is the greatest concern for you that the Eagles won't win it all? Uh, greatest sense of optimism would be that uh, I think they're going to have an advantage up front on both sides of the ball in most of these games. I mean, their pass rush has been ferocious in the second half of the season, and I think their offensive line is still going to be really good, especially if you bring Lane Johnson in there. Sense of doubt a little bit? I need to see this defense do it against great quarterbacks. And listen, that might not happen until the NFC Championship game. That might not happen to the Super Bowl, honestly. If you get Daniel Jones and then you get Brock Purdy, that might not happen until the Super Bowl. But I'm not at full confidence level that this defense – against a great quarterback is going to be able to keep you in the game and uh, sort of not just uh, not just get lit up because we, we just haven't seen them tested in that respect this year, although they've been great against the competent, mediocre quarterback. Shield, wonderful stuff, man. We look forward to talking to you next week, and we'll preview uh, whoever the Eagles are going to face. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Talk thanks. to you next week. All right, week. there he is, Shield Kapati. All right, let's get right to the phones. A lot of calls here. Let's get right to it. Warren and Gwinnett Valley. Warren, you're on WIP. I was here. Sorry about the phone. No problem, buddy. Go ahead. Um, quick on the Sixers, uh, I, I, James Harden just seems to get an ego problem. You know, the, he's, he's good for a little while, but then he seems to burn out probably due to himself. He's thinking too much. So as good as Joel and the team is playing right now, I want to see them in the playoffs play yeah. what they're doing now later when it really counts. Well, two because- things, Warren, two things on Harden's past that I think are empirically accurate. One, there was too much on his plate in Houston. He, he did not have enough help. He's playing with a player in Embiid who's a miraculous player, so Harden actually doesn't need to be the best player. That helps. And two, because so much was on his plate in Houston, I think he probably got a little tired by the time the playoffs came. And also, fundamentally, he's just as great as he was, he, he wasn't ever – he really wasn't in the LeBron-Steph – Durant category he just wasn't he's not so so but you don't but you don't need him to be that because you want Joel to be that and you want Harden to be a strong Batman yeah and I'm the same I mean a a strong a strong Robin I mean to to Embiid yeah yeah I agree with you I agree with you that's amazing (laughs) um and the same on Sirianni and and um and Jonathan Gannon our coaching staff is I don't want to give them any credit until they actually win the Super Bowl I, I as good as Nick is. Right a little bit now, of a tough standard. Right... You, you give Dan Marino some credit there through the years, or did he get no credit? Um, I would say no credit. He no credit. Mar- Marino, no credit. Ted Williams, no credit. no credit to him. No credit to Barry no Bonds. Credit. No credit to no Charles credit. Barkley. Carl Malone, no. no credit. Right? No credit. No credit. Ain't that, Cameron, ain't, ain't wait, that, wait, wait. Ain't that's let's, a tough standard? A little bit tough. Joe, yeah, a little tough. I won't want you as my teacher, man. I I get a ninety-nine out of a hundred, and you give me an F. Do the camera credit. All right, Warren, give me a great answer. What did you not initially like and you now do? Um, I initially didn't like living alone, and now I do. All right, there you go, living alone. That's an interesting answer. John, I had a teacher in high school, man, uh, great guy, great guy. But I had the best uh, – I'll use an old-school term. I had the best mark 
in the class. I had an A minus, and it was the highest grade in the class, but it was still only an A minus. It's like it was it was too hard. Yeah, yeah, y- y- that is a little extreme. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to get what an class A. Right? Was this this was uh, history or second year Latin. What? Second year You're Latin. The highest grade in your second year Yeah, Latin well, class? I had an advantage. I'd had Latin. Okay. I had Latin <laughs> at Penn Charter. I had Latin, I think, at CHA. So then when I had Latin first year at the prep in ninth grade with Mr. Scanlon, that was the third time I'd had year one Latin. So I just, <laughs> I cruised. And then by wow. the time that we got sense, to. Because I was like, it's got to be like history or something. No, and then year so, two was mostly new stuff, but I still had some built-in advantage, and I was still pretty good at it. You but, still but, use that Latin these days? Bust sure. Yeah. Or to me, Wexos, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, the, the creature guy right there. With etymology you, and all that. You, you know, where, where so words much. come. You love that stuff. <laughs> you love where words come from and how it, it got a little complex by the end. In the beginning, I was A, A, E, A, E, A, M. A with a long mark, <laughs> right? What's that called? The declensions? Is that what I, that? Dude, I never took Latin. John, the declensions? My, my school was Latin smart either. enough to say you do not need to take Latin as a dead language. All right, let's talk to Chris in Middletown. Hi, Chris. John. Chris. James. Christopher. Mr. Weasel. Chris, see, it's playoff time, baby. Let's go. Oh, uh, it is. It is. John, I got a question for you. Yes. How confident do you feel about Gannon? I've listened to the exchange over the past few days, and yeah. a lot of people, you know, they get nutty with the, the style points of Gannon. But, like, do you think he's one of, right now, is running one of the best defenses in the NFL? You know, that that is so hard to to say. I, well, I, think, I, he's know, got, I think he's got an incredible seen. pantry to work with. And uh, what he's done, you can't argue with the numbers. Uh, our defense has... They've taken the ball away. They they limit passing yardage. They've got all these sacks. They've seemingly gotten better at stopping the run, although I am still a little worried about that. I think Gannon is significantly better than what uh, it feels like everyone like takes away from him. Everyone wants to knock him. I think he's smart, and I think he's doing what is – conservative but also most effective for this group of guys so I like him I and and I I feel like sheepish in saying that because it seems like I'm in such a small minority Chris I don't feel sheepish in in saying like I don't know that he's great but I think he's good I think he's got a very good defense in part because how he gave him some great players but I think Jonathan Gannon's pretty good at his job and I think the town's been very unfair to him see and and this is where guys I and, and John, I'm going to call you out on this because I kind of thought that's where you were going. Then why, in God's name, are we quivering over Brock Purdy? He's Mr. Irrelevant. Well, he because some guys can George Kittle and Debo Samuel, yeah, and yeah but Christian he's McCaffrey. He's the quarterback, though. But yeah, he's a pocket passing but, 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 quarterback. But, but Chris, hold on, Chris. Some guys are just better than they were perceived to be. I mean, when Tom uh, Brady got in, hold on, Chris. When Tom Brady got in there in 01, and I'm not saying this guy's Tom Brady. But I guarantee you there were people in the AFC, like probably the Steelers and whatever other teams were there that the year. Raiders. They were probably, yeah, the Ra- John's Raiders. They're probably <laughs> like, you know, we'll take care of Tampa. They got a six round draft pick from last year starting. I mean, not Tampa, yeah. uh, the, the yeah, Patriots. But, Some but guys, listen, I mean, Fo- look, Foles won a Super Bowl. Why are we giving our own defense the credit, though? Why, why are we saying, like, we have the, the potential MVP, right? And if not MVP, top two, three MVP quarterback in the NFL. 
and we're going, oh, but their defense is rock solid. Like, yeah, but you got you Chris. Know, you got to also re- no one, you got to remember, dude. The, wait, wait, the Eagles have played. No- the Eagles have played four games, four games, uh, in an NFC Championship game at home this decade. They're two and two. Okay, they won in 0-4 against Atlanta. They won in 2017 against Minnesota. You millennium, you said decade. I'm sorry. This, yeah, century, century. Yeah, millennium or century. They lost in 0-2 to Tampa. They lost in 0-3 to Carolina. Why did they lose those games to Carolina in 0-2 and 0-3 in Tampa? They weren't great quarterbacks. They weren't great quarterbacks. They were great defenses. They were mm-hmm. tough teams that came in here and won. That can happen, man. Yeah. Now it's all it's all apples and oranges. We we can't compare the team from four years ago when we had a completely different coaching staff, completely different players, completely different coordinators. It's all different. My point is I'm looking at it and I'm going, we got the number one sack, number three all-time history NFL sack sack team. We have a quarterback that is not mobile. He is a pocket passer, which bodes well for us for our rush defense, the way that we blitz – or well, not blitz, the way we rush quarterbacks. And we have the number one pass defense. So I am not right. afraid of the Niners. All right, give me a all. great answer, Chris. What did you not initially like and now you do? <sighs> this is painful. This is really painful. You. <laughs> oh God! So did you? Did you uh, have that timed up with him? I, so I didn't think about it to the last minute, but I, I knew what he was going to say. So yeah, for the love of God! Now, is that a credit to him for getting his senses together, or did I change? It's a good question. Because I know the answer. I didn't change. He got his senses together. <laughs> I'm just me, man. I'm like Randall. Let me be me. Yeah. Right. I'm back scrambling. Who's my man. Me? No, I'm not really my man. Yeah, not really my man. I'm just I'm just playing around sometimes. All right, 215-592-9494. I'll tell you who is the man. It's Jalen Hurts. But an interesting answer from Nick Sirianni yesterday about his injury situation, playing through it, playing with pain, and what Sirianni had to say uh, yesterday about Jalen. Obviously, as we you know gear up toward the playoffs, and he's got to have to play through some pain, you'll hear that next. Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. The pro football playoffs are almost here, and pro and college hoops, you got so much more, too. The Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app has you covered. Get odds, bets, slots, and games right in the palm of your hand. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Parks is the official sportsbook for the real Philly fan, and it's the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend. Bet on more than just the score. Bet on player performances, touchdowns, yardage, and so much more. And with live in-game betting, you can bet during the game, putting you right in the middle of the action. Join me now, and new users can get up to $750 in sportsbook bonus back if your first bet isn't a winner. Download the app and start playing instantly with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. Hey, Joe DeCamera here. Let me tell you about PI Dental Center in Fort Washington, and let me welcome PI Dental Center to our show as a new advertiser. So happy to have him with us. I've been with them for about 20 years. Uh, I've been a, uh, a patient of PI Dental for years. My mom's been there for about 30 years. They're unbelievable. They do unbelievable work. Dr. Glenn Wolfinger and Dr. Robert Slough, prosthodontists who who specialize in the restoration and replacement of teeth. If you worry about your appearance, your speech, your confidence, or your overall health related to your teeth, I guarantee you PI Dental can help you. They're the best. They are the absolute, absolute best. Uh, Originators of the Teeth in a Day, a revolutionary treatment that delivers fixed teeth, on the same day as the implants are placed 
for dramatic transformations in just one day. It's unbelievable stuff. They're great people. They do great work. Visit PIDentalCenter.com. That's PIDentalCenter.com to request a complimentary new patient evaluation. Well, this thing gets real quickly with the Eagles. We know how fun it got with the Phils around the playoffs. And the Eagles playoffs, we hope it's... Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We hope it's a long journey. Near mid-February. Maybe a little parade action. Imagine that if Angela retired and the Eagles actually had a parade and like that... Angela retires to a parade. Talk about going out on top. <laughs> that would be unbelievable. Be like uh, Michael Jordan, John Elway, Angela Cataldi. Well, and also win that I mean, last game. Except Jordan came back. Could it? Could, I mean, speaking of the players themselves, I mean the Kelseys, the Lanes, the guys that we talk about each year. Will they come back? I mean, you never know. John, would that be in your head if you were a maybe retire, maybe not, and you were not that? In that the league ushered you out, and I say that with no. You know, I'm not trying to be rude. It's just they, they came to the determination you couldn't physically do it anymore. But let's say you were at like a year 11 and 12, and it was like, yeah, this might be it. Maybe I go one more year. If you could win on top, would that lead you to be more inclined to retire? It would It would not lead. Knowing what I know now, yep. how much I missed it desperately, uh, th- there's no way I could do that. But so you would, you would be less inclined to retire? Well, I mean – I, I can't imagine hanging it up while I could still do it. And I know some guys do. I know J.J. Watt, you know, right. props to him. And he could have What kept an incredible lo- last game. A couple sacks Tremendous. in it. He's still very productive and effective. I just, personally, I don't know how I would do that. Okay, so you would want so to, if you, if you got mine. gas in the tank, you want to keep playing. Yeah, no question. And clearly, Kelsey has, of, of the older Eagles, oh. meaning Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and Kelsey, because yeah. I don't put Lane in that category. Lane's a little younger than those guys, a little bit. To me, Kelsey has the most left in the tank between Fletcher, Brandon Graham, and Jason Kelsey. No question. You know, Brandon Graham was really, really amazing this year. Oh, he, I'm not saying he wasn't good. He was good. But he, I, I agree. I, I think Kelsey, like, he's just such a, man, phenomenon. Still just an all-pro. physical marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, the best center in, in the game. It's, how do you hang it up like that? All right, 215-592-9494. Speaking of those people, they won, of course, the title in 2017 with the Eagles. It was a similar, not exactly the same, but a similar final month of the season where the team limped into the playoffs. Do you derive some extra hope with this team this year based on what that team that year did upon arriving in the playoffs, limping into it, getting their act together in the playoffs, and obviously soaring to a title you know, that January and February uh, combo. So 215-592-9494. Plus the Twitter poll question of the day brought to us by PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing that others see when they meet you. Learn about and schedule your complimentary evaluation. And I'm telling you, they can help you at PIDentalCenter.com. Today's question, are the 76ers a legitimate title contender this season? A, yes, B, no. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. James, what do you got in there? Buffalo Bills just tweeting out an amazing DeMar Hamlin update is what they say. DeMar wow. Hamlin has been discharged from the Buffalo General Medical Center, Gates Vascular Institute uh, in Buffalo, New York. He was admitted on Monday, went through a comprehensive medical evaluation as well as a series of cardiac, neurological, and vascular testing on Tuesday. Uh, his uh, physician, Jamie Nadler, and the chief quality officer, 
Uh, and the care team said about Hamlin, we have completed a series of tests and evaluations, and in consultation with the team and physicians, we are confident that DeMar can be safely discharged to continue his rehabilitation at home and with the Bills. Just amazing. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know what to say. It's just, it's amazing. So, unbelievable. Absolutely the best. James, did you get an answer last hour on whether he's eligible to play? He is done for the year. He is officially ineligible to play. Okay, so IR and done. Okay. 215-592-9494. God bless that guy. All right, AMA today at noon. Reminder, Ray Didinger with us in studio at 1220. We'll talk to Jaws at 1245. we got a lot up on tap, including your phone calls. Ike in Burlington right now. Hi, Ike. Yo, guys, what's going on, man? Long time no talk. Yeah, it's been a while. Wonderful to hear from you. Same, same. You guys, the show's so good, it doesn't need my input. (laughs) But I had a call today because I don't want to downplay a a really good football team. Um, But, and matter of fact, when you guys were talking to Shill and you're talking coach of the year, I mean, I love what Sirianni's done. I think Brian Dable's done a good job too, but it would have to go to Shanahan to me. I mean, they 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 went what thirteen and four? Thirteen and four, with, yeah. right? With three different quarterbacks, yeah. uh, you know, banged up roster here and there, and I mean, the guy is just a heck of a coach. It, right. The, the physicality in, in which he believes it, I love that. You know, as a former player coach, that that every it doesn't matter what team you get. There's the 49ers definitely have an identity and physicality is, is that, but what I don't understand is like the common denominator being them when they talk about like most difficult team, the player beating NFC, because if you go through their schedule, man, I mean, it was earlier, but they lost to the the Broncos bears. They, they, they got blown out by the chiefs and they lost to the Falcons, but even towards the middle to back end, you know, they beat the Seahawks by a touchdown twice when they played them. They beat the Raiders by a field goal. They played backup quarterback for the last month and a half. Like, But they I'm had sorry, their third-string quarterback playing, and they finished with 10 straight wins. And, and their defense I, 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 has been – Without a doubt. Their defense what, what gave I'm up 16.3 is, points a game this year, and that's while being beat up for the first half of the season. That's really impressive. Yeah, it, you're, you're right. You're right, uh, John. But it wasn't that impressive when when Stidham almost beat him. That was that was two weeks ago. Yeah, well, they went to overtime. Yeah, I mean, look, Ike. When you have a ten game winning streak, though, you're not going to win every game by twenty points. I mean, remember that, that just for not. what it's worth, the 2017 Eagles beat the Giants on a 61 yard field goal on the last play of the game, and I think that Giants team won like three to five games that year. They stunk. And to be Absolutely. fair, there was, there was a stage of this season where, you know, some people were talking about the 49ers. They, they weren't at their peak, but the Eagles were. Right. And I had no fears whatsoever uh, about the way we played. And, and it is skewed the way we view this Eagles team now for two games with their backup quarterback and – a game where they really weren't going all out. Like, no matter what they say, no question. they were sort of, you know, I don't know, pacing themselves and, and, you know, avoiding injury more than anything. But 
the fact remains, for the last month, we, we have not seen them function at their highest level, and that absolutely affects the way that I feel, and maybe that's unfair. All right, all right give me a great answer. What did you not initially like and you came around to like him? This, this is probably going to be surprising. me. I feel bad saying it, but I know in my heart I came around and, and I made a real good decision in the end. I was not the biggest Kobe fan at all, but I had the and, – and not just since – It's a good answer. Past, yeah. But I respect that. I mean, you talk about a, a guy who just woke up every day and not just grinded as a basketball player, but the more we learn about him as a father – you know, as a husband, he had some ups and downs, but hell of a guy. Yeah, listen, that's an interesting answer, especially with our history here and what he said in 01, coming in here and, you know, wanting to rip the hearts out of all of us as, as Sixers fans, which, by the way, he did, him and Shaq. And uh, certainly, you know, we were thinking different things even prior to his – I remember yes. being at his press conference, yeah. his final press conference here in Philly, uh, which he knew was going to be his last game because he'd announced his retirement shortly before that, that it was pending at you know, the end of the season. and. Uh, he was showing a lot of love that During night. During the Eagles run, remember that whole Eagles thing? Eagles run. Like, there was a bunch, and also just the work ethic. I think we knew, yeah. we didn't. We found out more and more as, as his career went on just how much he cared. I agree. So that's what he got in there. Yeah, so not unexpected, but um, uh, Mike McDaniels announced that Tua is officially out uh, for the Bills-Dolphins game. So take some of the, I mean, probably shouldn't play, obviously, with the three concussions right. this year, but take some of the juice out of that Takes game. a lot of the juice out of that game. So Bills I just win. Wa- I just watched the line change. Oh, did you? It actually just changed as I'm glancing at the From screen. what to what, do you know? It was nine and a half, and now it's ten. Well, let's see where it goes. But I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is that they, they assume the two is not going to. I think the line probably had a yeah. little. Well, it already was in. high. Oh, yeah. 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 And and uh, who's their quarterback? Someone help me out here. Skyler Thompson. If Bridgewater's the like Bridgewater's, your backup, but yeah. he's been hurt, too. So I, it's probably going to be Skyler Thompson. And you know what I call this, James? This is my Nick Foles theory. And not the way you might be thinking about it. If Skylar Thompson can be a backup quarterback in pro football, Nick Foles shouldn't be a third stringer. Now, I know every time Foles gets a shot, he gets in there and gets absolutely rocked anymore. But how is Skylar Thompson a backup before Nick Foles? All right, let's get to Sirianni. Speaking of quarterbacks, not the backup, but the starter, in this case, Jalen Hurts. And Sirianni with an interesting answer yesterday. And I I didn't like the use of the term hell. It's going to hurt like hell. Like, oh, man, is he in that much pain? Because that's not – you don't want to hear that. He kind of slips it in here quickly. Here is Sirianni yesterday talking. And by the way, in the midst, John, in the midst of this answer, this is a, one of those. They still do the occasional Zoom press conferences. This is a Zoom. This answer got cut off for about 20 seconds. Now, we've gotten rid of that audio because it's just 20 seconds of dead air. Um, because Sirianni, in the midst of his answer, there was something in the room where he was that distracted him. I don't He's know like, what it was. like, can we pause? And then the audio just goes away for like, a bit, and you're like, what's happening? Who knows what it is? I don't know if he was at the facility, if he was at home. I don't know if his kid's, like, climbing on a desk. I don't know what. Maybe I don't, he had to fart, and he didn't want to hear it. I don't you know? know what the heck happened, but there's, like, 20 seconds of silence. Obviously, we've taken that out. So here's his answer about Hurts and pain and how he came out of the Giants game and obviously moving toward the first playoff game, which we know is in about 10 days. Here's Nick Sirianni yesterday. Hey, Nick, another two-parter for you, unfortunately, on uh, on Jalen's Jalen's shoulder. Uh, so first one, how did he come out of the, the Giants game physically? And uh, the second part is, what's your understanding for whether he's going – is he going to have to play through pain the rest of your of the way? Is that your understanding? That The second part of that, Tim, I'm not sure I can answer that question. Um you know, we do, we are fortunate that, <clears throat> excuse me, we're fortunate that we have two weeks to, for the, till the next time we play, you know, as of uh, two days or 
you know, depending on if it's Saturday or Sunday. Um, so we're fortunate there. And so again, like he's going to be a little bit more healthy than when, than when he, than when he was, uh, you know, obviously the other day, um, you know, he came out, he came out, um, sore as expected, right? He came out sore, sore as expected. Um, you know, Tim, he, he came out, um, of that, uh, of that game, a sore because, you know, it, it's, it's still healing. Right. And, like we didn't feel like we were putting him at any more risk of of getting more injured, but we knew it was going to hurt him like hell, and he knew it was going to hurt him like hell. But that's the kind of uh, player he is. That's the kind of teammate he is. He fought through it because um, because it it was important for him to be out there, and he knew it was how important it was to him and his teammates for him to be out there. You know, it would all be vanilla ish answer if he didn't have that hurt like hell phrase. Just you know, I, I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but it worries me a little bit when the coach says, you know hurt the quarterback like hell that means he's paying he's playing through a good amount of pain which which makes you wonder is that where they tried to clearly hide him a little bit on Sunday versus the Giants will they need will they feel the need in 10 days to still not let him be a full runner I mean hurt like hell is not a small phrase there that that tells you the guy's playing through a lot of pain you just especially for an organization John that doesn't say much about injury when the when the coach says that that I mean James that grabbed my attention when he said that yeah it's notable well, the fact that he was able to throw it well and it didn't look like the throws were affected, that's a real positive. Yeah, so. there was two different issues. That part they cleared. He can throw. Yeah. The question is, are they going to limit how much he gets hit, that's, therefore that's limit the his running? That's the million-dollar question. Yeah, that is. If, if they limit him the way that they did against the Giants, we have a significantly decreased chance of getting to the promised land. I agree with you on that. I do. Your reaction to what you just heard right there. Let's go to Scott and King of Prussia and everything we're talking about. Hi, Scott. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, Scott. Um, that Hamlin report, that's wonderful. That, that's so great to hear that he's been discharged. Um, to that to the caller, a few callers before, uh, Purdy is very relevant. He might be what stands between us getting to uh, Super Bowls, not just this year, but yep. maybe in a couple of years. Um, that report that you read about Harden makes him sound like a spoiled baby, um, which makes me question who released it, why did they release it? Um, and then the last point I had, uh, I would bench Driscoll immediately and uh, move Mulata to right tackle, Dillard to left tackle. Well, that's if Lane can't play. The good news is Lane will probably play. But the thing is, you you yeah. sort of have to have a contingency. No, I agree. In case exactly. Yeah. And the problem is if if you're you're forming that contingency plan in order to practice that way, you've got to have Myelata playing right tackle in practice, uh, and and Dillard at left tackle, which really does throw you off if Lane is able to play. Well, it also tells me they they won't be likely to make that change because I think they're planning right. that Lane would play. Right. Yeah. I think I think they really need to plan for the fact that that Lane is likely not going to be able to physically make it through a game. Um, well, look, only they I know. Think, I mean, we you know we're we're obviously in big speculation mode. Not that they wouldn't also speculate, but they would have yeah. a stronger degree of they have a knowledge. Much better idea. Yeah. Take the temperature and exactly how. Yeah. Well, and then and then the last point, I, I disagree with um, Tucker completely on his evaluation of Driscoll over the past few games. I'm not sure. I mean, he, he basically said he's been average, and I think he's been below average. And I do, I I do too. There worse. are some things that he does well, 
And uh, I just I don't think he always looks like a tackle out there. You know, it, sometimes it looks like he's a guard trying to block a guy off the edge, and and he's at a real disadvantage with just the way he's built. Hey Scott, give me a big answer, man. What did you not initially like, and now you do? All right, so I, I, I really gave this a little while thought. Just give me a couple minutes with it. When when this guy was first drafted, everybody in town wanted a safety. We were desperate for a safety. Yeah. Everybody wanted Earl Thomas. Um, we drafted Brandon Graham. There was all this negative talk. In the early years, people were making Saudi this may be a bust. Yep. And then every year he got better and better. He turned into a team leader, a community leader. He has now had one of his best seasons at 30-plus years coming off of an Achilles, torn Achilles tendon. Yeah. And he's now an all-time eagle and deserves to be – treated like one. No, I listen, Scott, it's a great answer. And I'll tell you what intrigues me about that answer is a potential winning answer. Whereas Sirianni was certainly initially not liked, it was not too long-lived, meaning by a certain point last year, a lot of people had turned the corner on him. I mean, they got to the playoffs, certainly this year. The Brandon Graham thing, I mean, he, he flat out was below average for three years and was still, even when he had turned a corner and become a, a, a good player, Earl Thomas was in year five and six, like, that dude's headed to the Hall of Fame. Now, it turns out Earl Thomas might not be a Hall of Famer because his career turned out to be pretty short, um, you know, relatively speaking. But the, the Brandon Graham thing lingered for a long time. Hey, Let's, the uh, Dolphins line is now 12 and a half. So it's gone up. It's gone from nine and a half wow. to 12 and a half wow. in the last five minutes. Wow. James, who had a better career, Brandon Graham or Earl Thomas? That's a great question. Uh, I mean, Brandon Graham, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Earl Thomas was better at his best. He was. Clearly. He I mean, was. Earl, Earl Thomas was Brandon's one of the— played longer and is playing at 34. And look, I know they both won a Super Bowl, but Brandon, Brandon Graham had the play of I know. the Super Bowl. It's pretty close. Earl Thomas, so I, look, I would probably say Earl Thomas because, first off, he's got a better shot at making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, more all-pro. Yeah, and here's the deal. That Seattle defense was number one, I think it was for four straight years— and and they had four or five. And he was a big reason. He why. was a big reason. They had four or five great players. He was one of the one or two best. I mean, him, Sherman, Bobby Wagner, uh, Michael Bennett. They had that Averill guy. They had uh, Cam Chancellor. I mean, they were. Dare I say Byron Maxwell? No, I, I take it back. Not Byron Maxwell. Let's go to Tyrone in Middletown. Hi, Tyrone. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How's it going? Great, Tyrone. Uh, my bad. I heard a previous caller said good afternoon. It's 1150. Well, you know, if you're out in the Atlantic Ocean this afternoon. Yeah, but, you know. Um, I'm no, we're right not in the Atlantic you know. Ocean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, um, interesting show. Um, I'm thinking I was watching a, um, a few of the uh, San Francisco uh, highlights from when they were playing, uh, looks like Phoenix, Phoenix Cardinals. And um, one of the differences I see about them is that they – they're using like the Debo Sanders the way we used to use Brian Westbrook when uh, Andy Reid was here. And I, one of the things I alluded to when I called before is that I would like to see the Eagles use a few different formations because what they're using, it may be getting a little stale. And I, and I think that with the over-reliance on um, Jalen to run the ball, one of the things that San Fran was doing was that they were using the H-back, they were using – uh, pro set going to a power eye. They were using single back. They were using a multitude of formations. They kind of remind me of Andy Reid's old offense. Well, there's no Andy question too. that they have shown more than we have, especially the last month. 
you know, we, we haven't put a lot of we, – we didn't even change the offense for Gardner Minshew. You know, it, it, we've been holding back. I think that's part of it. Yeah, and I, and I think that also they're playing with an edge that we've kind of lost. But hopefully as, as the players heal and they, they, they can basically cement their, you say their will again because I think the Eagles have played at a high level for so long that yeah. they had a target on their back. And I think through injury and I guess through uh, just being human, they've, uh, they've came down. But I think we as fans, we have to kind of lift them up since they gave us such a great season and realizing that they were 14 and three. Sure were. They, they, they were an all time defensive line. They were, they were like top 10 uh, with rushing and passing. They set all of these records. They, the quarterbacks running, you know, in the contest for the MVP, the coaches were coach of the year. But I mean, do you think that we should more or less, not look, just look at the big picture. Nah, I mean, listen, that, hey. look at it the way, any way you want. I'll, I'll say this. I, I love the nature of your call here, Tyrone. In the end, we're all going to form our opinions based on what we think. I mean, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not like we're going to pop, pop out the pom-poms just because we want to see the Eagles win. I mean, we'll talk about the good and we'll talk about the fact it could go bad. And, and frankly, yeah. was uh, mediocre in the final quarter of the season. It just was. Tyrone, give me a great answer. What did you initially not like and now you do? Uh, I think a lot of the things I wanted to pick up. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I guess the way the Sixers started the season. Yeah. All right. Well, this this Sixers team, this year, Sixers this year. I mean, they're they're listen. They might do something pretty similar to the Phils. Guys, the Phils were what were they at the low point? Twenty one and twenty nine, and not that the Sixers were that bad. And even when the Sixers were losing games, we knew a lot of it was because their main guys were out. Joel was out. Mm-hmm. Harden was out. Uh, and Maxie was out. So, of course, that's going to cut into an NBA team. But they also, even before some of those guys got injured, first two weeks of the season, they didn't feel like they were playing inspired. It felt like Joel didn't really answer the bell at the start of the season. But they've rounded into right. some form here. By the way, halfway through the year, I don't know exactly how many games, but they're right around the halfway point, And they're hitting a stride. Ha- happens to coincide at a time when Durant's injured for Brooklyn, so that's going to hurt their seeding. And the Sixers have a shot. The Sixers have a shot to be a high-seeded team. I agree. Well, uh the big question is, how do you feel about Joel's new hairstyle? I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was it's, great. It's, it's a complete departure. I loved it, man. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was really cool. It was it was tight, right? <laughs> it was tight. All right, coming up, a huge, good. A huge 12 o'clock hour. Why? All right, we got AMA, 12 o'clock hour. We got the Diddy, Ray Dittinger at 1220 in studio for a long while with us today. And we got Jaws at 12.45, plus phone calls throughout. Joe to Cameron, John Richard. Yeah, it's tight. Tight show on 94 WIP. Are you looking for tickets to our huge football games coming up? Well, do like I do and use the Game Time app for tickets to every event on the planet. Sports, music, shows, great tickets, amazing prices, even on last-minute tickets. And you can see exactly where your seats are in every venue. It's so quick and easy. GameTime is the country's fastest-growing ticket app. Just download the GameTime app, enter your email, and use the promo code WIP for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. That's promo code WIP. GameTime. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.